This morning we are in an extremely important and foundational part of Scripture. I can't express enough how important it is uh, that we understand this portion of God's Word very clearly. This morning we continue in following the reasoning why everyone without, is without excuse on the Day of Judgment. To understand why everyone is without excuse on the Day of Judgment, we must understand the basis of God's judgment. The theme this morning is that on the Day of Judgment, not a single person on the face of the earth will have an excuse because each person will be judged on the basis of their own sinful acts. So that on the day of judgment, not a single person on the face of the earth will have an excuse because each person will be judged on the basis of their own sinful acts. Now I want to unpack that for you this morning. And the first thing we note is that each and every person will be without excuse at the judgment because God is going to judge each and every individual for their own actions. That's found in verses 6 through 8. We need to understand that the basis of judgment will be our works. Romans chapter 2 verse 6. He will render to each one according to his works, according to his deeds, according to the things that we have done that we are good, the things which we have done which are bad, the things that we should have done and did not do, and the things that we did do that we should not do. He will judge us on the basis of our works. Those who do good works will have eternal life, verse 7. To those who, in patience and well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality. And uh, there, immortality is referring to God. We saw that in chapter 1 that, that God is immortal. Uh, so here is just this general understanding of who God is from creation. And uh, if they are seeking to obey the, uh, the truth, they are seeking the honor of God, the glory of God, immortality, he will give them eternal life. Those who sin will experience God's wrath. Romans 2 verse 8. But those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. So those whose works merit eternal life will be saved. Romans 2, 7. Those whose works do not merit eternal life will be lost. Romans 2, 8. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. All right? So... Salvation is based on whether you have done good or whether you have done bad. That is the basis of the judgment. Now, you're probably sitting there and uh, your heresy flags are starting to be raised. And you say to yourself, now wait a minute, that sounds like it goes against everything I've ever been taught about salvation. That salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what are you saying this morning that salvation is based on your works? Well, 
the two are not incompatible. It is critical to understand in the book of Romans that at this point, the argument is that judgment is based on works. And more importantly, it is critical to understand the gospel and salvation as a whole to understand that salvation is based on works. Again, you may object and say, I've always been taught that salvation is apart from works. There is a natural tendency to read ahead in the book of Romans and not understand the foundation that's being laid, but this foundation is critical. What has yet to be be revealed, so we're going to jump there so that you understand what we're saying and we're preparing ourselves for communion. What is important to understand is that in the end, nobody's works are good enough. You're going to be judged on the basis of your works, but no one's works are good enough. This morning we're going to find out why that is, but let's just jump to that thought. If you turn with me to Romans chapter 3. If they would pass the test of their works, they would be saved by their works. However, no one is going to pass the test. Romans 3.10. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. Not a single person. No one understands. No one seeks for God, which is exactly what our verse says. If you're seeking for this immortality, if you're seeking for God, but no one does. Romans chapter 3, verse 12. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. So that's an obvious problem. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. The law simply reveals that we are sinners. So we aren't kept by keeping the law. The law teaches us that we have failed. We have sinned. But what is critical this morning is to go back to the beginning and understand that everyone is condemned on the basis of their works. If their works were that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now notice these words. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. The purpose of God sending his son was not to bring the world under judgment. It was not to bring condemnation to the world. But in order that the world would be saved. So the purpose in God sending his son was not so that mankind would be condemned. The purpose in sending his son was so that mankind would be saved. Verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. He is the way out of condemnation. We need to believe in Jesus in order to be saved. But whoever does not believe in him, now here's the key words, is condemned already. Condemned already. They stand in a state of condemnation. It's not as a result 
of their failing to believe in Jesus. They are already in a state of condemnation because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God, meaning he's the only way out. But he's not the way in to, to uh, condemnation. A person is already condemned before they ever have heard about Jesus. That is the point. On the day of judgment, people will be condemned for their works, not for failing to believe in Jesus. They're going to be condemned for their works. Jesus is the only way out of condemnation. He's not the way into condemnation. Turn with me in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Here is the judgment seat of God. Here is where this judgment is taking place. So notice what it says about the judgment. In Revelation starting at chapter 20 verse 11. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the judged, excuse me, and the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. Verse 13, and the sea gave up the dead who were in it, death and Hades gave up the dead who were in it, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. The NAS translates that according to their deeds. And the King James translates that according to their works, which is the most literal of those three translations. It is their works that are going to be judged. It is their works that is going to condemn them. Nothing about failing to believe in Jesus. It is their works that condemn. Jesus is the only way out of condemnation. Notice... Uh, Reading on. Verse 14. Then death and Hades were thrown in the lake of fire. This is the second uh, death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Having your name written in the book of life was the exit. That was the way out. You get your name written in the book of life by believing in Jesus. But it's the works that are going to condemn. That's critical to understand because people always wonder about, well, what about those who have never heard in Jesus? What about those who they never even heard of Jesus' name? They're not going to be judged for failing to believe in Jesus. They're going to be judged for their works. Now, let's go back to Romans uh, 2 and work our way through the text. Back to Romans chapter 2. I'm picking up at verse 9. Uh, the reason I didn't do 1 through 5 is because we did that last, last week. All right, so now we're at verse, verse 9. Each and every person 
will be without excuse at the judgment because God will judge us not based on our race, ethnicity, or religious background. Notice again the universal statement. Verse 9, there will be tribulation and distress, and it couldn't say it more clearly, for every human being who does evil, without exception. Every human being on the face of this earth who does evil is going to experience tribulation and distress. What is being stressed is the universality of the judgment. There being no exception to the judgment. Not a single person, no matter where they live, no matter what their background, no matter what their religious upbringing, will experience judgment. Those who sin will suffer as a result, no matter their ethnic background or religious affiliation. Notice verse 9. There will be tribulation and stress for every human being who does evil. Now it says this, the Jew first and also the Greek. The term Greek included in the New Testament era, era everyone who wasn't a Jew. So it's the Jew and the whole rest of the entire human race is being referred to here. The word Jew refers to the physical descendants of Abraham. Those who do good will receive blessing no matter their ethnic background. Those who do wrong are going to receive punishment no matter their ethnic background, no matter whether they're Jewish, no matter what their religious heritage is, it doesn't matter. If you've done good, you're fine. If you've done bad, you're in trouble. The application is, we are not saved because our parents are saved. We're not saved because we have some kind of religious upbringing and background. We are not saved because we can trace our heritage to a certain individual. Each and every single individual is accountable to God on the basis of their own deeds. Thirdly, each and every person will be without excuse at the judgment because the standard of judgment is directly related to the amount of truth that each one possesses. Let me say that again. Each and every person will be without excuse on the day of judgment because the standard of judgment is directly related to the amount of truth that each one possesses. Now, you're probably lost in the book of Romans because we've been spending a number of weeks. But remember, we found out in Romans chapter 1, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who hold or hold down or suppress the truth by means of their unrighteousness. That in their unrighteousness they reject the truth of God. And we found out that there are two ways that we are able to ascertain the truth of God apart from God's word. The first, first is by creation itself. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Even his eternal power and Godhead so they're without excuse. So mankind can see that there's a God. Further, we saw in Romans chapter 1, that not only can they see that there's a God, not only can they deduce by looking at creation that there's a creator, but they can deduce that he is to be honored, he is to be thanked, and there's an accountability to him. Last week, we looked at the conscience and showed that our conscience reveals our sinfulness. 
Because we can see faults in others. And if we can see faults in others, then we ought to see faults in us because we do the very same thing that those other people do that we're finding fault with. So Romans 2, verses 1 and 2, King James is, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for thou who judgest doest the same things. So our conscience reveals to us that we are sinners because we can see sin in other people. Therefore we should see it in ourselves. Now we find that each and every person will be without excuse to the judgment because the standard of judgment is directly related to the amount of truth that one possesses. So what about those who've never heard of Jesus? Those who do not have the word of God will not be judged by the standard of the word of God. Notice verse 12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. If you don't have the law, the law is not going to be brought up. The law here is the standard of the word of God. If you don't have the standard of the word of God, then you're not going to be held accountable to the standard of the word of God. Nevertheless, those who do not have the standard of the word of the God are still condemned. Notice verse 12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish. They perish because of their sin. They perish because of their deeds. They perish because of their actions. Not because they fail to believe in Jesus. They perish because of what they have done. Those who have the word of God will be judged by the standard of the word of God. Verse 12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. Now these words, and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. So, those who have the word of God are going to be judged by the standard of the word of God. The more truth we have, the more accountable we become. But one is not saved because they possess or even know God's word. The issues, again, is their actions. Those who have been obedient to the word of God will be declared righteous. Verse 13, for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. So you have to be obedient. It's back to your works. Not just you know what God's word says, but are you doing what God's word tells you to do? Those who do not have the word of God will be judged on a different basis. They have a different standard of conduct to which they are held or measured by. Notice verse 14. For when Gentiles, that's now people who don't have God's word, who do not have the law, right, they don't have that standard, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law or standard to themselves, even though they don't have the law. They will be judged on an entirely different basis. And that basis is their conscience. Their thoughts will either bring judgment on themselves or their conscience will reveal they're without fault. Verse 15. 
They show the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness. And their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So the conscience says to an individual, you have done good. Or the conscience says to the individual, you have done evil. And if they don't have God's word, if they don't have any other truth, if the only thing they had to go on is their conscience, that's what they're judged by. And their conscience will tell them either you did what is good or you did what is evil. And Romans 2, verse 1 says, you are without excuse if you come to the conclusion that you haven't sinned. There's no reason to come to that conclusion. For you're able to see faults in other people, and you do the very same thing, therefore you should understand the fault in yourself. So it's laying the foundation of Romans chapter 3, which is... There is no one who does good. There is no one who seeks after God. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. For we have all suppressed the truth. Romans chapter 1 verse 18. For wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all those who suppress or hold down the truth. Whether that be the truth of God's word or the truth of our conscience. We try to ignore it. We try to say that we aren't sinful. We, we are trying to say that we aren't in need of forgiveness. The conclusion is that no one meets the standard of righteousness no matter what that standard is. No matter how clear that standard or how obscure that standard, whatever standard it is, mankind falls short of it. Even the person in Lower Jebet who worships an idol understands that they don't serve that idol the way that they think they should serve that idol. Every single person on the face of the earth has a conscience that should tell them that they have done things that are wrong. This is laying the foundation for what Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it is the righteousness of God revealed from heaven. The gospel reveals a righteousness that comes from God, not ourselves. And every single person needs that message. Every single person needs to hear of a, God, of, a, of a righteousness that comes from God and not themselves. Because their own righteousness is unacceptable. Paul says that he's indebted to all men, both to the wise and to the unwise. Both to the barbarian and to the free. He's saying that 
Paul has an obligation to every single human being on the face of this earth because the gospel is for them. They need the gospel. There is no one who doesn't stand in need of the gospel. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of that gospel. For it is the power of God to every single person who believes. But you know, we will never ever get fired up about the gospel until we really have come to the realization that without the gospel, mankind is lost. There is no other way. That's why we send missionaries around the globe. That's why we send people to faraway countries. If it were possible for them to be saved without hearing, we'd be better off not sending the missionaries. If they wouldn't be accountable, if they never heard the name of Jesus, then better shut up and never tell them the name of Jesus. But you see, that's not why they're condemned. They're not condemned for rejecting Jesus. They're condemned for rejecting the truth at whatever level they have it. Even if it's only the truth from creation and the conscience. They are still without excuse three times. In Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2 it says that. There is no excuse. So, we have a wonderful privilege to take the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that's intended for the whole human race. Whether they be Jew, whether they be Greek, whether they be bond, whether they be free, whether they be wise or they be foolish. The gospel is the good news of how one can be righteous by a righteousness that comes from God and not themselves. We're condemned on the basis of our works. We're saved on the basis of Christ's works. His righteousness counted towards us. And I don't have time to go into all that this morning. We'll get there in Romans chapter 5, how all that works. But this morning as we celebrate communion, let us rejoice this morning. For without Christ, if we were to stand before God's judgment today, he would examine our deeds and find them to be unacceptable. For we all have sinned. But in Jesus Christ, we can experience the forgiveness of sins and enjoy peace with God. Because he died on the cross to exchange his righteous life, his life of good deeds and obedience, his life of seeking to do the will of the Father in our place, taking upon himself our condemnation, he being treated as a sinner so we could be treated as righteous. Not our own righteousness, but the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message of salvation. 
So this morning we are about to take a communion. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, uh, you're uh, welcome to participate. I'll ask you men if you can get ready. Go ahead uh, while I talk. And uh, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you certainly are welcome to participate. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, we ask that you refrain from participating. Not because of any rule that we have, but because of what the Word of God says about, uh, about judgment. But uh, I would say to you this morning, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you never prayed and asked God to forgive you of your sins based on Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, that you need to pray. You need to ask God to forgive you. How can I say that with such certainty? How can I say that without ever knowing you? Because every single person on the face of the earth needs to be forgiven their sin. For there is none who is perfect. The only one who is ever perfect is Jesus Christ. That's why he merits the eternal life. That's why he can give to us salvation. For we can have his righteousness through faith. Brethren, if you come forward.